Hello, and welcome back to We Are the Weirdos, Mister, the podcast for all things cult, camp, queer, and creepy. I am your host, Hilary Michelle Post, and I am joined once again by my best friends, Heather. Hello. And Julie. Hi. So today we're going to be talking about Happiest Season, the new lesbian Christmas rom-com that premiered on Hulu a couple weeks ago. The film was written and directed by Clea Duvall, a queer actress that I love a lot, whom we've talked about before on this show. She was one of the stars of But I'm a Cheerleader. And this film got a lot of buzz because, as we all know, there's like a huge drought of queer representation in holiday movies. So expectations were a little high. Um, Whether those expectations were met kind of depends on who you ask. Um, I think it's safe to say that our feelings about the film were mixed. Um, It wasn't what I wanted it to be. That doesn't movie it's not a bad movie by any means it's just not what i wanted it to be what do you guys think i agree with that i liked it but it's very problematic yeah i read a critique that said that um it really is putting um your basic like heterosexual rom-com like tropes into like the queer narrative and that's why it flops so hard for some people yeah and i i think i agree with that because like the way you framed it there is like it it's not a bad movie but it just didn't meet expectations is probably a better framing of it you know what i mean yeah i mean it's really hard not to like this movie just because all the people in it are so great like it's all people that we like yeah um I don't know. Well, we'll get, I think once we, after we summarize it a little bit and we get into the characters, I can talk a little bit more about what, about expectations. Um, but let's just d- dive into the summary so we can start picking it apart. <laughs> um, the movie is about Abby Holland played by Kristen Stewart and Harper Caldwell played by Mackenzie Davis, a couple who have been together for about a year there's a cute little illustrated montage during the opening credits that kind of summarizes the history of their relationship. And it looks like they've been together for about a year. Um, At the beginning of the movie, the two are taking a Christmas light tour and Harper talks about how much she loves Christmas. But ever since Abby's parents passed away, she hasn't really liked Christmas as much. Um, What I find funny about the whole Harper going on and on about how much she loves Christmas. What This is what gets me. This is jumping ahead. But by the end of the movie, we get a pretty good idea of what Christmases must have been like. After watching this a couple times, I'm just like, what is it about Christmas that Harper likes so goddamn much? Because if I was growing up in Harper's house, I wouldn't have liked Christmas at all. So for her to be all like whimsical and romantic about it, like, oh, Christmas is so great, Abby. Why don't you love Christmas? I'm like, why do you love Christmas, Harper? <laughs> your Christmases must have sucked. Do you guys know what I mean? You cut out for a second. Oh, shit. But you're back now. Oh, damn. But I see what you're saying. We caught the last end of it, and yeah, I agree. But again, like, was it something that she kind of invented for herself when she left home? Like, the rest of her personality? (laughs) Good point. (laughs) And it's also kind of like 
I don't know, a jerk move on her part to be like, oh my God, Christmas, when you know that this is something your partner probably struggles with because Christmas is about family and her parents are gone. Right. Also, is it easier for her to enjoy Christmas when she's like um, immersed in that that home environment? You know what I mean? When, if you're inver- immersed in that environment, you probably don't notice how toxic it is. That's true. So in that case, it might have been something that she really enjoyed. Yeah. I mean, even to- a toxic Christmas might have been great compared to the rest of her toxic life in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Harper um, pulls Abby away from the tour and leads Abby up onto a stranger's rooftop so that they can have a better view of the lights. Which is some straight up psychotic shit. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. That, that should have been like one of the first red flags that Harper is a complete nutso. <laughs> Just like, yeah, let's climb up on these strangers' roof. Um, but the owner of the house, who appears to be a dominatrix, yells at them, and Abby fucking falls off the roof onto an inflatable snowman, <laughs> and then they run away from the screaming dominatrix and hide in an alley or something. And Harper, I just can't imagine that this dom would just not have the lights on during her scene. It's a good point. She's wearing this fabulous outfit. Yeah, I just can't imagine she wouldn't have the lights on. It's a good point because the whole it looks like that there's no one's home, which presumably is why Harper chose it. But yeah, it's a good point. She's crazy. And Harper is still going on about how much she loves Christmas and how if Abby spent Christmas with her and her family at her family's house, then maybe she would appreciate Christmas too. Um, and this whole scene would have made so much more sense if like Harper was drunk. <laughs> She's just saying a bunch of stuff that like the next day she immediately regrets. And I'm, I'm like, why do you, did you say the things that you said? You're an idiot. Um, and the next morning, Abby is making breakfast for Harper and tells her that she wants to she wants to love Harper does. And so she agrees to go to Harper's parents with her. And Harper immediately starts backpedaling. Like, no, you don't have to, blah, blah, blah. But Abby insists. And that's where Harper should have come clean. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. Um, Abby, I guess, is a professional pet sitter, I guess, or something. I um, she's a pet sitter and she is a PhD candidate. Yeah, I mean, so when she, getting a PhD, you got some side hustles. I I missed the PhD candidate thing. That's cool. Okay, cool. In art I mean, history at Carnegie Mellon. Oh, that's right. They do talk about that. You're right. Because this movie is set in Pittsburgh, which I clocked immediately just by seeing a Pittsburgh Penguins logo because I'm that person. <laughs> yeah, really early on in the movie, you're like, is this Pittsburgh? And then it shows them like crossing the bridge. You're like, it's Pittsburgh. I'm really excited. I miss those bridges. <laughs> I also, not to call Julie out or anything, but like as soon as this movie started, she was like negging Mackenzie Davis so hard. Like not even Harper really was Mackenzie Davis. <laughs> Mackenzie Davis does have some really unfortunate hair in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's really pretty in real life, but in this movie, not so much. 
Yeah, no, she does not look good. No. So, because she's, Abby's in charge of taking care of, like, a dog, a cat, a fish, the next scene, Abby is out at a coffee place with her friend John, played by the adorable Dan Levy. Um, and she's explaining to him how to care for the animals while she's out of town with Harper. But John is not really paying attention. He's looking at his phone because he left a guy in his apartment and he's tracking him to make sure he leaves. <laughs> and Abby says, you're tracking him? And John's like, yeah, I track everybody. If the NSA can do it, so can I. <laughs> and they leave the coffee shop to go to a jewelry store where Abby picks up an engagement ring. And John points out that marriage is heteronormative patriarchal crap. But Abby just says that Harper is her person and she wants to build a life with her and that she plans on asking Harper's dad for permission before proposing on Christmas morning. Even as an engaged person, I loved that whole bit. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it was really cute. (laughs) Um, Especially, I also imagine giving her a hard time because they have only been together for a year. Yeah. But, you know, they're lesbians. <laughs> they probably moved in together <laughs> after like three months. So, um, where was I? Oh, that's a hurtful stereotype. <laughs> it's, it's a stereotype because it's real. And you know what? You know what? Here's why it's real. Let me get on a soapbox here. That is a totally accurate stereotype. And it's because, like, if you're going to live with somebody that you're in a relationship with, it's way easier to live with someone of the same gender because it's not as much as a transition. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. you're like in a place emotionally in terms of your relationship to be with somebody doesn't necessarily you're ready to be in a, to live with like a new person in general, whether it's your partner or not. Moving in with a boy is scary because boys are icky, but moving in with a girl is not as scary because the girls aren't icky. <laughs> I thought it had to do sometimes with the uh, number of lesbians in your geographical area. What, like you're staking claim because there's not many of them around? <laughs> no, like you have to you have to travel to find them. So <laughs> unless you want to do a long distance relationship, you just got to move in. <laughs> that's that's Is that really a true. Hurtful stereotype. No, no, that's not it at all. That's just our reality because we live in the boons. We both live out in the middle of nowhere where there are no lesbians. If you live in like Pittsburgh, where there's like a a big gay, well, Pennsylvania, there's big gay communities. It's not as big of an issue. That's just, that's us projecting. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's like putting a flag in your girlfriend's butt. She's like, this is mine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. man. Um, So Abby and Harper head to Harper's parents' house. And on the way there, Harper admits to Abby that not only is she not out to her parents, she lied and told them that Abby was just her orphan roommate who had nowhere else to go for the holidays. And Harper's dad is running for mayor, and she's afraid that if she came out to them now, that the stress of the election would make them react poorly and that it's not fair to spring it on them right now. Which is horseshit. (laughs) Mm Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Abby, for some unfathomable reason, still agrees to go. It's one thing if you're not ready to 
come out to your parents. It's another thing to actively lie to your partner about it. Because this wasn't just like a lie by omission. She straight up lied to Abby and said, oh, yeah, I came out to them this summer. It went great. So red flag number one. Number two, if you want to be in the closet and lie, and that's one thing, but don't drag your partner into it with you like, and make them have to lie and pretend to be someone else. That's fucked up. And, like, the fact that she even lied and had to make Abby straight, too. Why couldn't Abby just be her lesbian roommate? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's Probably because, and just like John says on one of the phone calls she has with him, she's like, have they ever met a lesbian? Because you can clock Kristen Stewart from a mile away. (laughs) Both times when I watch this movie, the first time with Julie and the second time with my mom, I literally turn to them and be like, how did we, as a society, ever think that Kristen Stewart was a heterosexual person? I'll tell you what it was. It was when she had mousy brown hair as Bella Swan. Okay, can we... Even though Bella has, like, mega lesbian vibes, I'm just saying. Like, it was the mousy brown hair. Why in this movie did Kristen Stewart have to have blonde hair? I just, like, I just found the hair so problematic. I think, I think it was just Kristen's hair because she's been blonde here for the past few years. I don't think she was blonde for the movie. I think she's just blonde. I just didn't like the hair, but I mean, Kristen Stewart honestly can do no wrong in my eyes, so it's whatever. Yeah, I think she looked crazy hot better time. than what's her face's bangs. Oh yes. Oh yeah, and that's coming from someone who desperately wants bangs. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to turn into Darlene. I'm not doing it, but I want to. <laughs> so you know. Oh, God. Um, so they get to Harper's parents' house. And we meet her mom, Tipper, played by Mary Steenbergen. Bergen? Bergen? Bergen. I don't know. Um, immediately you can tell she's a fucking piece of work. Like she's obsessed with her Instagram presence because she thinks it's important for her husband's mayoral campaign for the family to appear perfect. And she's always carrying around this huge tablet, taking pictures, which is such a mom thing to do. Just (laughs) carrying around this huge tablet. Um, And we meet Harper's younger sister, Jane, who is very sweet but I legit at one point asked Julie, is she supposed to be developmentally challenged? <laughs> that is so... I loved Jane. She was my favorite character. Oh my goodness. No, I, no by the end, she was totally she, my favorite character too. Yes, but at I the agree. beginning, she was a lot. She's very strong. Well, the poor girl. I just love it. I felt like she was me for a second because every time I go home, they're like, Heather, this is broken. And I'm like, damn it. Okay, I got it. Yeah, everything. The printer. She was like changing what the air filters. Like she did everything around it. Poor Jane. Like that was her only use. They couldn't use her as clout, so they just used her as like labor. At one point, they're just like they said something about how like they just gave up on her years ago, and she did better. And I was like, you gave up on her when she was a child. Yeah, they said she gave up. We gave up on Jane after she wouldn't quit biting in (laughs) school. Up on your child, which uh, my question to Hillary and to everyone like, are people like that? Are they gen- are do, do genuinely do, do people act like that? Like, do, 
do they? And I say that knowing full well that yes, they do, because I'm pretty sure like I have like family that are family with people like that. Yeah. But also our family sucks so fucking much. Oh my God. They suck so hard. Um, there's this one part that made me laugh where Tipper is showing Abby around the house and she comments on their piano and Tipper's like, I wish one of the girls would have bothered to learn how to play it. And you just hear poor Jane go, I took lessons for eight years. (laughs) (laughs) And they show Abby, um, Harper's childhood bedroom and Harper goes, mom, I thought you were going to turn this into an office. And Tipper says something like, honey, only men need offices. I was like, what kind of backward-ass bullshit is that? What does that even mean? I hate Tipper. Uh, <clears throat> she is awful. Yeah. Um, They just do a great job of making us just hate these people. Yeah, oh, I wish I, I had taken... I wish I'd taken like more detailed notes because I have a note that says she says she's going to talk to her mom at some point. And I was like, why would making, I was like, how would talking to her mom make any fucking difference? Because her mom is a psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, we also meet Harper's dad, Ted played by Victor Garber. And I keep hearing someone meow and it's really cute. It's Zelda. She's like wondering what we're doing. She's very in, in, investigating right now. I just appreciate that we all have cats around. My cat's on the floor. He's chilling. <laughs> I love that. Cat cast. Yeah. Um, but they put Abby in Jane's old bedroom in the basement. They said they put Jane down in the basement because she used to have night terrors and they didn't want her to wake anybody else up. <laughs> so depressing. <laughs> Poor Jane. Poor Jane. Um, that evening, they all go out to dinner, and surprise, Harper's parents have invited Harper's ex-boyfriend, Connor, to join them. And then, on the way back from the bedroom, or from the bathroom, rather, um, Harper and Abby bump into Riley, who's Harper's ex-girlfriend. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Aubrey Plaza as Riley. Oh, man. She's so hot. So. So. And a doctor. And a doctor. Oh my goodness. Um, and Harper's parents make a comment about Riley's quote unquote alternative lifestyle. So that just validates that they are in fact homophobic assholes. Who says that? Lifestyle. Shut up. And I like that they put that in there too because it shows that like this whole the fear of their biases isn't based entirely on this campaign. Like there's inherent bias there. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and I, I suppose it's supposed to reinforce to the viewer that like that's part of the reason that um, Harper is so afraid to come out. But yeah. also, like, <sighs> your family fucking sucks. Yeah, my mom and I were talking about it, and like, mom said, I, and I must get this from my mom. My mom's like, I'm just an inherently rebellious person. She's like, so if my family were assholes about my sexuality, then I would just be like, well, fuck you guys. Like, which is a really privileged thing to say. Cause not everyone can do that, but I feel like Harper in Harper's very specific situation. She could have done that. 
you know what I mean? She doesn't rely on her family in any way financially. She like, she very easily could have just been like, if you have a problem with my life, then fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So frustrating. Harper, you're so frustrated. Um, the next day we meet Harper's older sister, Sloane, played by Alison Brie and her family. Oh, can we go back one step? Because I think this just happened too, and we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when the mom, I think it was Jane, the mom and Harper and Abby were talking and then somehow, uh, Abby thought she had to talk about her ex-boyfriend. She was like, Oh yeah, we just, we had a really bad breakup. He was, he was the milkman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Abby trying to be straight is so funny. <laughs> milkman. Anyway, it's constantly just Harper being like, okay, let's. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Abby's really bad at lying. She yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't she ramble? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Or like when they bump into Riley and she's like, I'm her orphan. I mean, roommate. I mean, I'm an orphan who's a roommate. And Harper's just like, just stop talking. <laughs> there's also, there's multiple phone conversations with John in this during this whole time and I lose track of when each conversation happened but at one point she calls John and he's like did you manage to get a man's permission to take ownership of an adult human woman yet? (laughs) At some point he's like she's not a rice cooker. (laughs) 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 Oh man. Um, Anyway we meet Sloane who is a stone cold bitch like there's a bunch of people in this movie who are not good people, but Sloane is just a bitch. And she has twins, Magnus and Matilda, and they are the spawns of Satan. Um, it also should be noted that Sloane's husband is African-American, so apparently her parents aren't, like, blanket bigots. Yeah, they're just yeah I was like... Yeah, they're just homophobic because I was like, mm, it would track that they're also racist, but apparently not. No, and this is, sounds so weird to say, but like that's almost worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you have you have yeah. those bigots who are just like ignorant and hateful of everybody, and then you have the type of bigots who like pick and choose their bigotry, and you know it's not come from a place of ignorance; it's just some from weird prejudiced i just don't ugh, i don't understand mm-hmm. ugh, gross um oh my god and like they harper's parents play so much like like i guess you use the word clout earlier like they they place so much of their like hopes they're like because they want to show her off for being successful and like writing for the post gazette whereas like they lost that from Sloan because she quit her like high power lawyer job um, to make like <sighs> handcrafted gift experiences. In um, what did you say? In reclaimed wood receptacles. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know that have been picked up by Goop. Um, but like. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, that's another like line, I guess, that they place on Harper. But uh, still, I don't think that excuses any of her behavior. No. Like, at all. That's what kills uh, me. Like, they, they make it, Tipper makes it sound like that, that these, they're somehow like 
have lessened themselves because they went from being lawyers to having their own business that got picked up by Gwyneth Paltrow. Like that is also impressive. Yeah. Like these people are so hard to please. Yeah. And because of this toxic competitiveness that the parents have bred, the Sloan and Harper are just awful to each other. Dottie, shut up. Um, like they go, they all go ice skating and Sloan and Harper race and act like complete jackasses. And as if everything else that Harper has done isn't bad enough up to this point, I'd have just been instantly been turned off by the way she behaves with her sisters. Yeah. That, that shit ain't cute. I'd be like, no, hmm, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, Maybe it's just because I'm so close to my sister, but anyone who's like, there's a difference between not being close to your siblings and being like actively antagonistic with your siblings Mm -hmm. as adults. That is a huge turnoff to me. Then I think whenever in the timeline of this movie we're at, that that night they all go to the Christmas party at the country club. And Abby basically just gets ignored the whole time. And Connor is there yet again. And... Mm -hmm. So is a council member played by um, Anna Gasteyer who Ted is trying to impress so that she will fund his campaign. And so he's like parading Harper around to impress Anna Gasteyer and Abby just kind of gets abandoned. So Abby goes outside and calls John and he's like, did you know that the country club you're at didn't let women have their own memberships until the early 2000s? She's like, how the hell did you know that? (laughs) He's like, um, duh, I'm tracking you. <laughs> and he reiterates that she should get out of there. And she's like, don't shame me. He goes, I'm not shaming you. I just think I just think that the choice you're making is dumb and you should feel bad about it and yourself. <laughs> He's right. I mean, he ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah, like I have at least three notes right in a row that are just like, leave. Get in the car, leave, get a ride, go home. Your girlfriend sucks. Her family sucks. Do not marry her. She sucks. Go home. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of my notes. I know yes. we already kind of talked about this, but like, I, I, I mean, as soon as she told me in the car, I don't care if we were 10 minutes away or not, I'd be like, I am not putting myself in this situation. Like, yeah. hell no. Like, just okay. I'll drop you off and you'll find your own way back to our apartment because I'm not doing this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And like, okay. Uh, all right. So again, me being me. So like, I think that I think where her family lives is in Swickley, which is like the rich burbs of Pittsburgh. So it shouldn't really be that hard to get a ride. Like, oh. she must have other friends in the city. Like, can someone not just come pick her up? Like, seriously. How like, far away is or where they live to? Like, do they also it's like? It's like twenty minutes. And I know it's set in Swickley because they passed by a store called Gather and I went to a party there. So I know, I, like, you know what I, I mean? Think, like, that's how I'm like, that's I think in reality, is. I think in reality, that's the case. But in the narrative of the story, that's not supposed to be the case. I don't think it's like it's supposed to be further away. Swickley. Yeah, it's totally supposed mm. to be further away. Yeah. Because there's that point where. If they only live 20 minutes away, I mean, how do they not just run into each other? You know? Yeah. First off. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, because that because she said something to Connor about the distance, and I was like, "But that's not that far away." Yeah, but uh, supposedly that's like college and stuff too. 
Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of inconsistencies in this movie. I even saw in the trivia that, like, there's that scene later where Harper and Jane are at the wine store. They don't have mm-hmm. wine stores in, in Pittsburgh because of how their liquor, liquor levels work. So, like, oh, yeah. it's just a magical fairyland where stuff doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So, so back at the country club party, um, when Abby's outside talking to John, she gets off the phone and she realized that Riley was outside and overheard everything. And Riley, rather cryptically, says, I can relate. And goes back inside. Which, there's a payoff to that later. So, later that night, Abby tries to sneak up to Harper's bedroom. And, which is so dumb, because they're adults, and she could just be like, I need to go talk to to Harper about something. Yeah. Instead, she's like creeping through the house and trying to avoid everybody. And Tipper is coming down the stairs, so she hides in the utility closet, but she steps on the Roomba, which makes the Roomba move, which makes everything fall over. (laughs) And Tipper opens the closet, and she has to pretend that she was sleepwalking. Which I hated there, like, this goes back to what Julie said about the typical, like, tropes of, like, a Hallmark movie. But, like, they had to make, like, oh, why are you in the closet, Abby joke? Like, come on. Like, this was actually written by a gay woman and we have to go there? Like, that's just <laughs> problematic for me. Like, well, what? Like, can't we just get past that? And I don't know. Exactly. Right. I said, why? how could Clea Duval do this to me? And then I realized it's because I called her a greasy dyke when we did the uh, other thing. This was, that's why. This that's why she did this. It was an attack toward Julie this entire movie. Uh, yeah, me. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, sorry. I'm adjusting. I'm laying down because my legs hurt. Okay. Okay. Where were we? Um, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, I agree with you, though, Heather. I don't think it was, like, it, it shouldn't have been, like, I get it, but like also why can't have we not progressed past the need for that joke? Right. Yeah. I mean, we've progressed progressed beyond the need of this movie. Like the yeah, fact that this movie long. is well, yeah, first of all, it is. That's another thing we haven't mentioned. It's the exact same plot of Lesbom, which I've even covered on this show. Um <laughs> But like it's this movie is so white. First off, everyone's white <laughs> for the most part. Like at this point, and we should be having multiple queer holiday movies to choose from, with multiple ethnicities and different types of queer people and trans people, and it's just, it's so. I don't know. It's disappointing. Yeah, I think I wouldn't mind the nuance, like the nuance of the like the of the coming out story, if it was like from like from an like an ethnic point of view you know what I mean like when you have like these other expectations like that stuff I probably wouldn't mind as much but when it's a white girl I'm like what do you got what do you like what problems do you have right it's a white rich girl too Mm -hmm. everyone's always rich in these Christmas movies there's like very rarely like middle lower class I watched this with my partner and he was like, why don't they ever go home for the holidays to like a trailer park? He's like, what is this? Right? I mean, that's real life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, sometimes they go home and like the family farm is in jeopardy, but it's always like, yeah, 
a big farm. It's not like it's not like what I like what I live on. It's always like some big industrial thing, right? So, um, Abby goes back down to the room she's staying in, and Harper sneaks down to Abby's room instead, and they have sex. And Harper spends the night in the room, and then Tipper and the twins come to Abby's room the next morning. And Harper has to hide behind the door, but the twins spot her. And Abby has to be like, shh, you know, don't say anything. Um, and then later that day, Sloane and the twins and Abby go out shopping because Abby still needs to buy a white elephant gift for the Christmas party. And Sloane, like, leaves the kids with Abby. A virtual stranger. Yeah, first off. I hate I love this part is stupid. Oh yeah, these kids are Satan. But Abby is totally me with kids. Just <laughs> the way she's like, you guys want to come? Come on, follow yeah. me. <laughs> I'm so bad with kids. Oh, mm, are you though? Yeah, I am. <laughs> when Hillary was here, uh, my niece was here and was like all up in her shit, like in her shit like was in love with her like could not like leave her be it was very cute but the whole time i'm like why do kids like me <laughs> it was very cute it was cute so but yeah um these kids are awful and like honestly ma'am run please just leave oh, just for leave. real um and the twins put a necklace in abby's bag without abby realizing because they're little shitheads and then they bump into one of Ted's colleagues. I'm unclear of who this woman is. And yeah, she's... I don't know. I don't know if she's like Ted's campaign manager. Maybe? maybe I don't know. Maybe. Um, but they go to leave the store and the the theft detector machine thing goes off and Abby gets busted by these mall cops. And it causes this huge scene. And of course the colleague sees all of it. Um, so Tipper and Ted uninvite Abby from the rest of the social events for the week. Because it'll look bad, I guess. She's so stupid. No no one other than them would know have known it happened, first of all. And mall cops don't act like that, I don't think. No, they don't. Um, they don't give a shit. They probably, in reality, they would have seen those two little fucking minions of the devil and be like oh they probably did it <laughs> you just take one look at those kids and you're like mm, they're not right so while the rest of the family go out and do all their social obligations Abby goes out by herself and she runs into Riley and they go to a bar together and um, there's a great cameo by the drag queens Jinx, Mon Jinx Monsoon and Bendela Creme who are two of my favorite queens so I was happy to see them but Riley reveals what happened between her and Harper. So do one of you want to summarize what happened there between Harper and Abby in high school? Yeah, sure. Um, you want to do it? Heath? No, go ahead. If I think of anything, I'll interject. Okay. Um, so basically they, was it, they be, we only watched it once. I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, <laughs> They were best friends in school, and then they became closer than that, and then 
somebody found out maybe or they oh they wrote love letters to each other and mm-hmm. someone found them and then harper basically said yeah she's obsessed with me she's a lesbian um and i don't know why she's so obsessed with me i'm not like that and then got a boyfriend and i want to it her did it exactly the way that you just said it like <laughs> yeah okay. she pulled a regina george <laughs> yeah yeah and then pretty much outed Riley I mean mm-hmm. yeah, yeah she that was I guess that was where I was going is like she like outed Riley and to everyone and then got a boyfriend and was like yeah see I'm not like that oh. red flag red flag here's the biggest the biggest red flag about this it's one thing if you do something like that when you're young and you're dumb right mm-hmm but once you're an adult, you should be introspective enough to acknowledge that that was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Because she told Abby about Riley, about her first girlfriend. But she left all this information out. Yeah. That is even a worse thing than the fact that she did it to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I was talking to my partner, someone I was living with, someone who I could eventually marry, potentially, and I'm telling them about uh, an old relationship you don't just admit those the bad details because that means you're a psycho <laughs> yeah like it's that's just oh but it's a part of growing up too is just like realizing you know, like how terrible you were when you were younger right or you know what i mean i mean maybe not everyone was terrible when they were younger but pretty much we i mean at least i like i'm trying to acknowledge and like work through the stuff that how awful i was when i was younger yeah. you know what i mean yeah. It's like a lot of conscious unlearning and obviously Harper's not doing that. Yes. Yeah. She didn't mention that she forcibly outed someone. Yeah. Mm. Ugh. Yeah. So that night Abby goes out with Harper and Connor and a bunch of Harper's old high school friends. Now they like, go out to a bar. Um but Abby goes home first and Harper stays out until like two in the morning without her. And she doesn't like reply to her texts or anything. She's basically just like real shady and weird. Which earlier in the day, she was like, you know, Abby, I'm sorry that you can't go to this party. The big misunderstanding, whatever. But like, let's spend time together tonight. Like specifically said, like tonight is going to be for us to just hang out and get away from my family. And then goes and decides to hang out with her friends, which aren't really her friends. Let's be real. Her right. high school friends that are awful. Yeah. And her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Ugh. Um. And the next morning, Abby goes to check on Harper and Harper is a huge cunt about it too. Like, mm-hmm. accuses Abby of keeping tabs on her, and she's just like a huge asshole for no reason. Ugh. Oh, she asks for space. Oh like, yeah, just space for each other. And I'm like, you, you live together. Like, yeah, you live together. Be- you dragged her there. Yeah. Ugh. So frustrating. Um. So Harper goes out with Jane to run errands and Abby goes out shopping with Riley and Harper sees them and has the fucking nerve to get jealous after she spent the entire night out at a bar with her ex-boyfriend. Right. 
And what is even her, like, thought process right now? Is she so self-absorbed that she can't even see why Abby would be upset and be like, I need space right now. Uh, Do you not see this entire situation where you brought your partner to where she has to, like, hide herself and your relationship? Like, how that's just the beginning, like, the tip of the iceberg of all this shit that you're making her go through. And you're like, I need space. Like, you can't, like, what? Sorry, Mm -hmm. I'm no you're right 100% Harper uh, Harper (laughs) front turning doesn't this movie just fill you with warm fuzzy holiday feelings and not complete white outrage at every (laughs) three seconds sorry Bruce just came into the room and he just nodded as soon as you said that he was like yes (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the Caldwell's big Christmas party is that night and Abby looks crazy hot and also super gay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Her outfit is the gayest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh. So, like, as Bruce said, he's like, that is just, that outfit is like a big F you to all of those people. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Yeah, and it yeah. makes me think of the line early in the movie when um, John was like, have they not met a lesbian? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. <laughs> And she's just sitting by the bar alone while Harper ignores her and flirts with her ex-boyfriend some more. And Riley comes up to her and goes, what you drinking? And Abby says, some spiced alcohol. She's like, gross, can I have some? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> during the party, um, John shows up to the party <laughs> and he oh, lets, my favorite part he walks in he just like lets himself into the house and he's like abby abby <laughs> screaming abby he screams abby honestly <laughs> that's some best friend shit though like mm-hmm. yes <sighs> you should have got your bags and just left yeah john's so confusing to me because through this whole movie he's just like don't marry her. Don't go. Go home. Don't do this. Don't do any of this. And then at the very end, he flips and is like, oh, no, you should forgive her. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's frustrating. Um, this is the point of the movie where I just like gave up and stopped taking notes. I'm not going to lie. Because it's just chaos. Um, <laughs> once John gets there, Abby's like, you're right. I'm leaving. So she just goes over to Harper and she's like, it's over. It's done. I'm, I'm leaving. And so Harper follows her down to um, Abby's bedroom. And uh, she gives this big whiny speech about how her, how hard her life was and trying to please her parents. And she doesn't want to lose her. Blah, 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 blah. And of course, Abby's sweet about it and forgives her. And like they are kissing on each other and Sloan walks in. And then it becomes like a race to see who can get to the parents first. And they're racing through the house and they're beating the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. That's what was crazy. Like you are grown ass adults and they're literally wrestling like children. And while they're wrestling, they open up the utility closet and Sloane's husband is in there with the campaign manager or whoever she is. And so now it's a race of whose secret gets out at first because... Sloane's getting a divorce, clearly. So 
they make this huge scene in front of everybody. And Sloane outs her. She outs uh, Harper. She says, Harper's a lesbian. Abby's a girlfriend. And this is the worst part to me. Because after all of this, after all the lying and the bullshit and the being terrible, she gets outed, you know, outside of her control. And even still then, she still lies and says, no, I'm not. She's lying. Well, that would have been it. That would have been the final straw. Like, mm. I, I think Julie and I even, like, paused the movie at this point. It was just like, there is absolutely no way she can redeem herself from this point on. Nope, that's what I said. Yeah, no, there's no redemption there. Um, I mean, by the magic of movie miracles, there is, but in my heart, there's not. There's yeah. nothing you could do to come back from that. Um, I will say one thing. This is the only, only redeeming quality for Harper at this point. I mean, as far as her and Abby's relationship, she's awful. No, not going to get redemption from me. Yeah. However, she never tells Sloane's secret. Mm, you're right. She doesn't. And she could have, but she didn't. That's true. But no, what she does instead is almost worse. She <laughs> picks up the painting that they're, this gorgeous painting that their sister made has spent a hundred hours on and slams it over Sloane's head <laughs> destroying it. Poor Jane. Poor Jane. Yeah. Oh, God. So, effectively, the party's over. Everyone leaves. And while they're leaving, well, no, that's not true. People are starting to leave. But after Harper's like, it's that's not true, I'm not a lesbian, blah, 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 John and Abby walk out. And they're walking around. And um, John reminds Abby that coming out can be really terrifying for gay people but that has nothing to do with Harper's love for her blah 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 making a jerk off motion um, and he's right like everyone's coming out story is different and everyone's situations are different and you know Abby before her parents died her parents were supportive but you know John is like in my situation my dad kicked me out and didn't speak to me again for like 20 years um However, that mm -hmm. doesn't, like, he talks about how Harper's not ready, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I can understand that. And Abby says a line like, well, I want to be with someone who is ready. But I think the bigger point is Abby deserves to be with someone who's ready. And people like Harper, Harper needs to figure out her shit and her life. And people, you know, like, Abby needs doesn't just because Harper's not ready doesn't mean that Abby has to stay with her. Exactly. Exactly. People are so quick to coddle people who aren't ready to come out of the closet yet. And I get it. And they're right. You know, you can't force someone to come out of the closet, but you also can't force someone to stay in a relationship with someone who's not emotionally available to you. Yeah. And I've, it was like at this point, I literally, I've made Julie pause the movie and I was like, Am I just coming from, am I just a privileged asshole? Because, you know, my parents didn't disown me when I came out and they wouldn't, you know, I could bring a woman home tomorrow and they would accept her with open arms. Uh, like, does that skewer how I'm viewing this movie? And Julie's like, no. 
<laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um, because no, like- because like if she wasn't ready, like she like again, like going back to the beginning, as soon as she woke up the next morning and Abby was like, Yeah, I wanna go with you, she should have said like, No, like actually this is what is mm-hmm. going on. She yeah. should have just been up front with her. And then if Abby decided, you know what I mean, Abby could decide from there right what to do. And it was because Harper just lied and she didn't want to get caught in her lie, I guess. Right. That's like, and that's the difference to this movie, between this movie and Lesbom too, because in Lesbom, I feel like the girl, I can't remember the character's name, but like the girl who wasn't ready to come out yet, it was a lot more sympathetic because it's... The reason we hate Harper isn't because she's not ready to come out yet. The reason we hate Harper is all the other shit she does along the way. Yeah. It's yeah. the lying and then, like, the inability to be introspective about how she's treated people in the past. Yeah. And, I mean, is it really... Like, I guess if you give them that, like, is it really her fault? Like, her whole fucking family sucks, so, of course, she sucks, too. Well, I mean, we all have fam- some family that sucks and we don't suck. That's true. That's, I mean, yes, I don't, I try not to suck, but sometimes I do. Well, <laughs> um, but yeah. Like, yeah, I and mean, at some point you have to be like, yeah, she came from a family who sucked, but like she has to take ownership of it now. She's an adult. Like she, mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. get why she does some of the things she does, but like, dude, like all of the hurt you bestowed on other people and you're not taking any sort of like, I don't know what word I'm trying to say. What's the word I want? Responsibility for it, I guess. Yeah. So now everyone has like left the party and on their way out, Harper finally apologizes to Riley, which which you know, blocked talk, her. Yeah, talk about being like 15 minutes too late. late. 15, yeah. 15 years rather. And I even said, I don't know if I said it to you guys or just to Bruce, when Harper was like I'm sorry. I think if I was Riley, I'd just be like, for what? What are you sorry for? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, why don't you yeah. revisit it and really think about what you're sorry about? Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> conveniently, now that everyone is gone, <laughs> Harper finally tells the truth to her parents and confirms that she is a lesbian and that she loves Abby. Um, and Sloane reveals her own secret, too. And they all kind of admit, even Jane all kind of admit, like, how the expectations put on them growing up have all fucked them up. And poor Jane, she's like, I don't have a secret, but I'm an ally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's so cute. Um, but Abby, even hearing all this, Abby's just like, no, it's too little too late. I'm, I'm leaving. So Abby and John leave, and they're at, like, a gas station somewhere. (laughs) Hillary and I were like, God, let this be the end of it. Like, please, for the love of God. Right, that's what I wanted. We were like, like, it would redeem the whole movie if she was actually just done with her. Yeah. If it would be like, no, sorry, it's too late. Bye. Credits. Like, that was the end (laughs) of the movie. Um, When they were at this gas station, and John is, like, has a bag of chips, and he's reading all the disgusting ingredients in it. And he's like, I can't believe the poison that we put in our bodies. That, they, that the companies expect to put on our bodies. And he just puts chips in his cart. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that comes out of John's mouth is just perfect. <laughs> um, 
but they leave the gas station and Harper pulls up because leave her alone. Leave her alone. Get a job. Leave her alone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Abby Harper goes after Abby to apologize and confesses that she truly loves her and wants to build a life with her. And Abby forgives her. Because <sighs> it's not romantic if you meet someone in a parking lot and <laughs> apologize after being fucking awful for like five days. Yeah. God, I would love to have a girlfriend as understanding as Abby. Holy shit. Um, and one that looked like Abby and who was Kristen Stewart. I just want a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> Um, but they go back to the house and like Tipper and they show Tipper and Ted talking and it's all a bunch of bullshit it's basically you know Tipper being like look what we did to our kids and Ted still Ted needs some time which uh, and Tipper's like I've always wanted to do karate and he's like I see what you're doing here It's like, I don't like flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but Ted, quote, still needs some time. But then next morning is Christmas morning. And he comes out and he apologizes to his daughters. And he gets a phone call from Anna Gasteyer's character. And she's like, as long as Harper, you know, is keeps quiet about her personal life, you know, I'll sponsor you. And he turns her down, which good for you, Ted. Um, the first genuine thing he did in the entire movie. Right. And then they finally take another big family picture and they include Abby. I love that they let John stay too. John (laughs) spends Christmas morning with them too. My question is why, 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 why would you go back into that toxic, toxic ass house? But yet, you know, it's a, it's a happy holiday movie. Yeah. Because they're, because in this, the reality of this movie, they're a bajillion miles away from everything. Apparently. I love that. That one point where Abby is like thinking about leaving and she checks to see how much it would cost to Uber back home. It's like a thousand dollars. Then it cuts to a year later and Abby and Harper are now engaged or married. One of the two Harper's wearing the ring. And Jane has become a best-selling author with her fantasy novel. And Ted has won the mayoral election. Jane's novel. (laughs) (laughs) The Shadow Dreamers. Um, (laughs) Which was that John published, presumably, because they they talk about that at the very beginning, that he works with authors. And then at the end, he's the one working with Jane. And... um, on Christmas Eve, the family goes to watch It's a Wonderful Life, and everyone lives happily ever after. And it shows like a cute montage of Tipper's Instagram feed during the credits, and it shows everyone all happy and that Harper's out, and they talk about it on the Instagram feed too. And Do you everything's know happening who better. Didn't live happily ever after in this film. Riley, the fish. <laughs> yeah. That- Fish. Also, yes, Riley. Remember, like Riley shows up with a girlfriend in the in the montage because it's clear of all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So everybody's happy except for the fish who is dead. <laughs> that's so funny. John's like, 
I mean, I, we can agree that fish belong in the ocean, right? <laughs> <laughs> if I were to, if I would want to buy a fish that looks exactly like this one, where would I go about doing that? You know what? I'll just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I mean, not so, to be like, not to be like really horrible, but Abby had some responsibilities that she probably should not have left someone who wasn't paying attention to her. Yeah, but I understand why she did. But yeah. also, I mean, at the end of the day, no matter how flighty your friend is, you hope that they can handle feeding three animals. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big flake, but I think you guys would let me take care of your animals for a few days. Yes. Good. It's- Oh, listen to Julie over there. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was lost. Yes, I would let you take care of my cat. He's okay, good. <laughs> he's, he's very easy to take care of. He's a, he's a grazer. He doesn't have to be fed at a certain time. You just got to fill up the bowl. He also likes me. He got on me a bunch when I was there. I was really happy. Um, Now, like I said, this movie got mixed reviews, but it like broke records on hulu it was like the most streamed original film on hulu ever and had a bunch new subscriptions specifically for it so that's cool yeah yeah that's i mean i feel like you if this is a type of movie that you want to watch you have to like it because there there are very few movies like this movie yeah it's like slim pickens yeah I mean, we, I mean, we've even been talking in our group chat too of all like we've been like hunting down every other queer Christmas movie that's coming out this year, and they're all dudes. All the other queer movies this year are about dudes. There's more lesbians. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I don't know. Hillary, um, now and again. Oh, I think you're back. Am I back? Yes. My microphone. Well, you know what? There's a lifetime one that's coming out where the girl is disabled. And I was like, oh my God, diversity. <laughs> I had to go I had to Google it to make sure she was actually disabled and she is. So I'm pretty excited to watch it. It comes out tonight, but I will miss the beginning of it because I won't be home from work yet. But I'm excited to watch it. I'll report back. Oh, good. Just, you know. I just that's the thing, like, I, like, you notice it now, like, okay, I don't know if other people are like me, where their uh, person they live with, or their parent, or person they live with is absolutely obsessed with Hallmark movies, but I have seen every Hallmark movie about 37 times, <laughs> and they're so white, they're so white, and they're so, like, there's nothing different, it's always the same story, yep. and I just, so now, like, I'm hungry for diversity in Hallmark movies because I just want different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Different experiences. So, like, I was excited when we watched The Christmas House and, you know, it was, Mm -hmm. like, there were, there was a gay couple and they, that, it was, it was a non-issue. They just existed. Yeah. That was awesome. I loved, loved that for us. Like, Oh, <laughs> thank you for that i can't wait for the what was the other one dashing in december or whatever it's coming yeah. out soon. yeah it sounds really good it sounds like exactly like your cliche hallmark christmas movie except with gays i'm so excited yeah that's all i want that's I mean, that's all all of us want to like that's, that's what that's what happiest season could have been yeah and they mm-hmm. chose violence instead 
<laughs> oh goodness. Well, any final thoughts on Happiest Season? She should have run very far away. She should have ended up with Riley. Yeah, Kristen and Riley should be together forever because they're both so beautiful. It like hurts me to look at both of them. For real. Oh, doctor, and instead, I was so excited for this movie, and it really kind of let me down. However, I'm still probably gonna watch it every year. I watched it this morning again. So, <laughs> I mean, I fast forward through some parts, like the whole like her stealing part and Harper being awful part. Like, well, that's most of the movie. But, anyways, yeah, I'm still watching <laughs> this movie every year. <laughs> yeah, it'll get added to the the general rotation of stuff. Oh, this will be my designated lesbian Christmas movie. I've already designated Noel as my bisexual Christmas movie because between Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader, my bisexual little heart can't even function. I love I've, that movie. Oh my god, I love that movie so much. Um, and then dashing, hopefully, dashing in December will be my designated gay boy movie. I'm excited. All right, well. Please follow us on social media. You can find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at weirdos underscore pod. We also have a Tumblr account at weirdospod.tumblr.com. Feel free to shoot us an email at wearetheweirdospodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support the podcast with the donation, please head over to my anchor.fm page linked in the episode description. Your donations help pay for movie tickets, movie rentals, travel, equipment, etc. And you can sign up uh, for a monthly patronage or a one-time donation. If you can't donate, you can still help the podcast by sharing the show with your friends and followers. Every share helps tremendously. So thank you all again for listening. We hope you guys have happy holidays. I can't promise I'll release another episode this month. I will try, but with the holidays, it's hard to tell. We'll see. Um, thank you, Julie and Heather, for joining me talking about this roller coaster of a film. Film. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. And until next time, we are the weirdos, Mister. Mm-hmm.